0: you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation now. Coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. Evening everybody,
1: welcome back to Padres Social Hour as we start a new week. and we should, hopefully, fingers crossed, big good time, include some actual baseball at Petco Park. Players reporting for spring training, sorry, summer camp officially uh, on Wednesday, this Wednesday the 1st. Uh, and the workouts expected to get underway at Petco Park and USD, uh, their baseball facility, beginning on Friday. All of that really... Is obviously very abnormal because we're almost into July and we're talking about a training session. But as I welcome in Brady Phelps, a 1976 National League Cy Young Award winner, Randy Jones, I got to tell you both, it's it feels very very good to be able to pass along some actual like on field information regarding the 2020 Padres. RJ, good to see you. Uh, Good
0: to see you guys. You know, overall, just got to remind everybody, you know, don't don't try to come to the camp, okay. You know, everybody wants to sneak down there and watch the potteries. I don't think that's going to work for you all, Jesse.
2: No. Oh, you're, you're talking directly to the fans. Is that Yes, what sorry, I am. Got, got really. it. Well, I you thought do, you were suggesting uh, the uh, players shouldn't come. And uh, you too, Brady. No, you. You you as well. <laughs> well, okay. God knows I'm nothing more than a fan, so I wouldn't dare uh, <laughs> you know, disobey you and try, <laughs> to, try to see them no, That's I mean, a good
1: point. In order to get down there, you got to be a Tier 1 or a Tier 2 individual. Uh, as uh, put together by MLB tier three in the house. So uh, along with the other uh, broadcast team, we will not be uh, touching the players this year or speaking to them face to face or anything like that. One of the many differences with 2020 and that is a okay, because we're just trying to get through this thing as healthy and safe as possible. But yeah, a lot of weird stuff going to be involved here. They're able to pull this thing off. You're a tier three. What are you?
0: I'm going to be a tier one or forget it. I'm, I'm, I'm staying home. You know, (laughs) My you're
1: book. Is that what you're telling me? You know, been drinking
0: out of the garden holes for the last three months. I'm good.
2: Come on, guys. Yeah, that sounds like some pretty sound science. <laughs> there Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's real, real scientific. You know,
1: I, <laughs> tap water, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> um, that is
2: pretty wild, though, Jess, that you guys aren't going to have any interaction. I mean, that is.
1: Well, we'll have Zoom. Uh, you know, I, there, there, there will be. You know, media press conference type availabilities. Uh, I'm sure that the the club will facilitate us having conversations, whether it's Jace or coaches or players, that kind of stuff. So we'll we'll get our nuggets, we'll get our information. But well, uh, yeah, MLB is trying really really hard to kind of keep the circle as as tight as possible in terms yeah, of who's around the which player. Is
0: smart. You, you, you know, know you know. Here's what we're gonna do, Bernie. Though, just like we, we watched a uh, golf. Oh boy. You know, no. I mean, oh. they get they get it with the round. They, they you know they have their interviews with some of the players and. And everything, uh, and it's clean, it's safe, it's secure. Yeah, I, I, I assume that's just the same type of thing you're going to do. You know, with baseball and everything else, it's working. You know, and, and you still get your interviews, but it, they're just not. You don't interact like like we do normally.
1: Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, if you would have laid this out for me six months ago, I would have been like, that sounds like the craziest thing ever. But now you laid out this week and you go, that's ah, pretty consistent with the way the last few months have gone. And we've all made adjustments. I mean, right now, the three of us are right. sitting here talking to one another while looking at screens and cameras. It's, uh, it's a very normal part of life these days, as everybody seems to know. Yeah,
2: it is wild how quickly we as just as a people adjust to what the new norm is. And the new norm is it's talking to cameras and, and trying to look into someone's eyes through a lens. And it's wild. And like you said, if this would have been proposed before, obviously all the, the, the COVID implications and, and where we're at as a as a country and as a world with COVID, uh, we would have all said this is crazy. Don't what, what are we doing? But now everyone is just so ready to try. To get something, if we can do it safely, which it sounds like, you know, if you're a tier three, they are certainly making an effort to make this as safe as possible, and you know, hopefully the players are safe out there. I don't. I mean, it's there's that's no the real
1: game. way. To well, you have, it it right say It's like
2: you just want it. Jesse looks like a tier three. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I, I do don't have any. Jesse is
2: the tier three.
0: I don't even know what that means. I have no idea.
1: It just has to do with where you're allowed to go and everything like that. I was just going to say, if I ever get a tattoo, and I probably wouldn't, I'm a wimp. uh, Tier three, I think, (laughs) think would be a pretty cool first tattoo. tattoo. (laughs) I'm a wimp. Right on the forehead? (laughs) Yeah. Tier three. Plenty of space. Uh, yeah. yeah. all right, so there, there was actual news about the roster, as I'm sure a lot of folks were aware of. Uh, I think the deadline was yesterday afternoon uh, for all the teams to sort of set their 60-man rosters, 60 maximum. Uh, and the Padres put out a list with 52 players on it. These are the guys who can be used in the 2020 season and who will participate uh, in this summer camp. They're calling it this spring training 2.0. We put some asterisks on there. And so if a guy has an asterisk next to his name, uh, it means he is a top 13 prospect per MLB pipeline in the Padre organization. And the reason we chose 13 as sort of the cutoff number there is because all 13 of the top 13 prospects in the Padre system are going to be on this roster. Michelle Baez, of course, we've seen in the big leagues. Luis Patino, we have not. Um, Those are just the right-handed pitchers, two of the top 13 there. Uh, Joey Cantillo, a guy we didn't see in big league camp this year, is on that list. Mackenzie Gore, a guy we did see in camp. Adrian Marjon is on that list. Ryan Weathers, top pick a couple years ago, is on that list. He wasn't in big league camp. Uh, Back in uh, February and March. So again, AJ Preller and his staff using this opportunity to get some extra looks and some extra reps at these kinds of guys that in a normal year, maybe a double A, you know, maybe to start the season, that kind of thing. Uh, But they're going to be able to work out with the big leaguers and some of these other minor league type guys throughout the season. Owen Miller. Tukupita Marcano, one of the best names in all of baseball. C.J. No Abrams good. quickly rising on all of the prospect lists. Uh, Gabriel Arias we got to see a little bit during spring training. And he's a, an electric defensive uh, shortstop. So you get some really, really exciting names thrown in: Hudson, Head, Taylor, Tramel, and, and I guess the thing I want to point out here to everybody, and we'll just get through the list you know, with the catchers here: Campusano who is in big league camp, is the other of the thirteen. Is, is that that doesn't mean they're going to play in the big leagues this year? There's sort of two parallel things going on at the same time, guys. One of them is obviously to get the guys who are going to be playing major league games this year ready. Uh, The other is just to sort of continue to develop some of these other prospects who likely wouldn't have sniffed the big leagues this year. But, Randy, with no minor league season obviously going to be taking place, um, you're able to have those guys sort of under your roof and and to work with them here in 2020.
0: And why not? I mean, you know, it's a great opportunity. Like you said, you know, there's some names in there who kind of shocked me. I'm like, whoa, where, where those guys come from, you know? Uh, you know, and I've, I'm not up to date on every single name, but a couple of big league names there that uh, I haven't seen play whatsoever. But, you know, overall, you get this opportunity in this short schedule. And, and like, you know, like I said, all the everything I've been reading, this is not a marathon, it's a sprint. Uh, completely different, you know, brand of baseball that we have not seen. So this is going to be really intriguing. And, and gentlemen, uh, I... I Hey, we're in a division, man. You, be, you better come out playing really good.
2: That's all I can tell you right now.
1: Yeah, yeah there's no, no time for a slow start, Brady.
2: Just, what what do you think the chances are that uh, a kid who was playing high school acting in this season
1: this year, that happened? I think Brady <laughs> cut out on me there. Maybe Brady, try and refresh your your thing. We'll we'll come back oh. to Brady in a minute. Um, I think he was asking about Robert Hassel the third, the eighth overall pick in the draft a couple of weeks ago. He's on this list. The odds of him being in the big leagues this year, I, I would guess not. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess you never really know how the thing is going to go. Um, but probably not. But look, forget the big leagues for half a moment. I mean, it's just an opportunity for him to be around these guys. You know, for him to get exposure to the Hosmers and the Tatises of the world uh, and for the Padre coaching staff in front office to be able to work with him hands on, you know, as opposed to something of a lost season. Uh, you know, it's going to be the case for a lot of guys in minor league baseball. By the way, I, I know there are fans who are worried and concerned. They say to themselves, well, the Padres are wasting spots on these guys who are never going to appear in the big leagues this year. Um, don't worry about that. They got 52 on the list right now. They can add up to eight more Last year, in a full 162-game season, the Padres used only 54 guys. So it's hard to imagine a scenario in which they would need all 60 spots. Um, and, and so I'd, I don't want people to become nervous about that because I know that's that's something that could happen. There are also some names not on the list um, that were a little bit surprising, I think, because we saw them in spring training. Uh, the veteran infielder, Brian Dozier, uh, and the veteran outfielders, Juan Lagares and Abraham Almonte. No real clarity on why they're not on the list as of now. Um, but again, it's sort of a fluid thing. Like everything in life right now, they can be added. They might be added. They might not be added. We'll eventually get a little bit more information on that. Um, but Brady, it's quite a thing sitting here, again, you know, in late June and getting our uh, getting our, our handle on a completely new set of roster rules. It's such a bizarre deal.
2: Yeah, it's super weird. And hopefully I'm back. You were correct. I was asking about uh, Robert Hassel III. And I, I really in, you know, about like Dozier, I'm curious, um, do you think, you know, yes, there could be these factors of the 60 man uh, and not even using, you know, maybe not even using 10 of those guys. Um, but but with this sprint of a season, um, is it possible that the pottery just haven't released uh, information on maybe guys that decided to bow out? Is that a, a possibility for why some of these guys weren't already listed? I don't I'm not trying to news yeah, I mean, we,
1: we didn't start hearing anything about players opting out until today and nothing revolving around the Padres at this moment. We'll get to that in a little bit um, because obviously a lot of guys have the right to opt out of the season because of health concerns uh, as it relates to COVID. So I don't know if that has anything to do with any of those guys. We haven't heard one way or the other. Again, I'd expect some more information um, in the next couple of days, but it's a, it's a different world. RJ, it, it sounds like during the, uh, the summer camp portion of all of this, That they're going to split it into two groups. Obviously, you don't have enough space at Petco to work out 52 plus guys um, effectively and efficiently. So they're going to have kind of a a second camp going on at the same time at USD. Probably a lot of those younger guys will be at USD. um, But again, it it feels like it works out really, really well for the Padres um, particular situation with the deep and talented farm system they have to not lose a year of development for some of these guys.
0: No, no doubt. And uh, you, know, you talk about Larry Rothschild in the, the pitching talent that we have, the depth that we have. It's a lot of responsibility for the pitching coach to, you know, you, you, to get these guys together again, once again, and uh, he's going to be able to do that. But even, you don't even talk about how many people, how many kids you lose. You, I mean, you used last year. Not, not so much everyday players. We're talking about pitchers most of the time. Yeah. It's arms. They, you know, year in and year out, how many arms you're going to use and how many new guys you're going to see. And, and, but, you know, what What I really do like about, you know, this short season and the expanded roster and everything else, going to give you an opportunity to see some guys that, you know, maybe you hadn't even dreamed about seeing. And, um, and like you say, keep them close. Jesse, I thought that was a great point that, you know, all of a sudden you got some of these young kids and, you know, yeah, maybe we're we're expanding the idea of going on the fast track, but you know, and also that there's something to be said about you know having the tutelage right here with with the right people you know, at a major league level at some of these younger ages. You know, might be able to let them develop a, a heck of a lot faster than we can even anticipate.
2: Yeah, it's interesting to think about how they're going to split up those two camps, whether at Petco and. At USD, Um, as you mentioned, Jesse, a lot of you know a lot of these younger kids who weren't even at spring training are now going to be at this you know new summer camp. I mean, in in the case of Robert Hassel III, I mean he wasn't even on the team yet back in spring training. So um, it will be interesting to see how they split them up to get exposure uh, with the big league club. Like who's going to go where, and are they going to do it by positions? Are they? I mean, I'm I'm almost equally as curious to see how they're going to split it up. Um, as I was to see this 60-man roster that obviously isn't full yet. But um, really, you know, I don't know. Part of, part of uh, one of the things that will be interesting, you know, obviously no DH – or sorry, there is a DH now in the National League. And, you know, one of the things with National League managers that I, I think is, you know, talked about throughout baseball is how the strategies of pinch hitters and how that all works, you know, using your – you know, all, every arsenal, every tool you have in your arsenal – you know, how does that change now? Does it because simpler to manage for the for the you know National League guys when they've never had the DH before, or because they're not used to it? Is it more confusing? And I don't know. Who do we see? It's just I, there's so many little nuances that are going to happen with this new season that um, it's it's almost going to be I, I don't know, like watching a new game in a sense. You know, like I feel like uh, every game means more because the season is so short, and I, I'm just so curious to how the strategy changes. Like it'll yeah. be. Really- yeah. Really? I, you know, you,
0: you know, also guys, and the one thing we haven't talked about yet in, in the last couple of months is we got a brand new manager, Jace Tangler. She's taking over the helm of this of this ball club. He even had the opportunity to, you know, to manage his first game for heaven's sakes, you know, you know, in a Padre uniform, you know, so there's, I mean, and I'm, and I of understand in, in, cause I had the advantage of being day in and day out in spring training with, with Jace and the coaching staff and what they're doing and, and the commitment. You know, but still, overall, then you got to wait three months. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys. There's just not, you know, young rookies making their introduction, you know, to Major League Baseball. I mean, even even our manager's making his first managerial, you know, game here in about yeah. a month.
1: Uh, I, I think if you would have told Jace over the winter that he would not win his first game until July, um, <laughs> he probably, probably would have been pretty down on that idea. But that'll be that'll be the situation here, obviously, uh, in terms of even a best case scenario. Just going back real quick to the, the summer camp thing and and having the two sites Petco and USD but I don't think there's any reason they have to necessarily be you know strict about you know these guys are always going to USD. These guys are always going to be at Petco. They can mix and match on different oh, days. They, they can get a bunch of different looks at different guys. It's not going to be like a completely you know segregated situation. They'll be able to really uh, you know well, kind of handle it however they see fit. Well, use a
0: little use a little common sense. I mean, if I'm I'm the head coaches and stuff, I'm going to stay at Petco and I can move players in. I'm not going to be driving myself nuts. <laughs> you know, you you tell the players what to do. They don't tell you what to do. That so you exactly. can bring some of those other guys in. You want to take a look at them. You want to you want to see him hit you want to see him off a live arm hey you can dictate you know where, where everybody goes you're going to see yeah. everybody and you're going to be comfortable we get to ju- you know july 23rd or 24th they're going to be comfortable with everybody they have available
1: they they're going to have to be and, and i guess where i was going with that was i mean there is a possibility you could see in an intra-squad game you know at some point in the next couple of weeks you could see hassle taking it bad against paddock i mean why not you know i mean you, you know so it's it's kind of cool that you know you'd be able to do stuff like that
0: yeah I I love that that I mean, That's a great idea. And, you know, like I said, you know, some of these younger kids. This might create a real opportunity to let them measure up. Where, where really are they? They don't know.
2: You know, they might get to find out a little bit quicker than they thought. Yeah. yeah what an ego boost it would be for Hassel to come in and get a hit off of paddock. My goodness. Or vice, uh, ver- or vice versa. Well, I'd like to think of it in the positive sense of helping out the young kid. We already know Paddock can take down the best. Just ask Pete Alonzo.
0: Sorry, man. I, you know, I'm being an old pitcher. I'm taking him
1: down. <laughs> right, right. If, yeah. Sorry, if, he, if you got fired up to face Pete Alonso early last season, imagine he's, like an 18 year old kid in summer yeah. camp. He's, he's I not going allow contact. And he's now he's account. got
2: that lion he's got to stare at on his forearm. My goodness. Intimidation yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good.
1: station. Good. Um, the other piece <laughs> like, of information came out about all this was while USD is going to be the alternate training site during summer camp, and again, that's what they're calling it now. Um, it sounds like once the season begins, the, the pool of guys who are not part of the major league roster will likely work out at Elsinore, although that's not official. Um, you know, they need a place for them to be. Peoria obviously was uh, probably in in some way the first choice just because the facilities available there. Uh, but between the distance the weather and the uh, the COVID situation in, in Arizona, it didn't seem to be a, a great fit. So it might be Elsinore, it might be something else, um, but it'll, it'll be closer to PECO, it sounds like, where those guys will work out. And uh, we'll we'll learn how this works along with everybody else during this 2020 season. It is uh, very weird and very strange to say the very least. Uh, we mentioned about guys, you know, having the right to opt out. We got our first three opt-outs um, from players earlier this year. The first came from Fallbrook's own Mike Leake. Um, with the D-backs, a really interesting thing too, is that he's going to be a free agent after this year. So this is clearly not a business decision in any way, shape or form for Mike Leake. nor should it be, of course. Um, this is a personal health situation. Uh, you see on the left there, the uh, explanation from his agent uh, during the global pandemic, Mike and his family had many discussions about playing. They took countless factors into consideration, many of which are personal. After thorough consideration, he's chosen to opt out of 2020, not an easy decision which is best of luck and health for his Diamondback teammates looking forward to 2021. So that was the first one we heard about. Again, a local guy, Mike Leak, uh, opting out. And then just a little while after that today, uh, the Nationals announced that both Ryan Zimmerman and former Padre uh, draftee Joe Ross, Tyson Ross's little brother, uh, have also opted out. Uh, I saw a statement from Zimmerman. They have a newborn. He has an elderly mother. You know, he kind of went through the reasons. I didn't see anything from the Ross family. But again, you don't you don't need to really guess. Um, obviously, you get a sense of, of where these guys are coming from. Um, Brady, this, this might sound like a kind of an odd thing to say, but like I'm really glad in one way that we're in 2020 with this happening because it was not all that long ago that the culture of baseball and the culture of sports would not have been supportive of this kind of thing, which I think is critical to the entire venture having any kind of uh, possible positive outcome. Yeah,
2: 100% agree with you on that one. Uh, the culture has changed. Uh, if players have uh, a newborn and have a baby, they're able to leave without getting you know ostracized in the clubhouse or by the fans who maybe weren't as forward-thinking as we are now in what's acceptable and what's not. Baseball is not life uh, when it comes to what comes first for these players. Family is. And I think that I really – you know I love that the Nationals put out that statement of support of Ross and Zimmerman. Um, as a fan, obviously, you want to see all your best players. You want to see them out on the field, but we've said it a billion times on the show. You know, their safety is first. And and really, I, I, I'm, I'm the king of terrible analogies, so let's just stretch it out here. Um, whenever I have friends uh, that have newborn babies, it feels like everyone around them, or even when when I had my two kids, everyone's like, oh, I have parenting advice for you. Here's how you need to do it. And, and the advice comes whether you want it or not. And, and in my mind, the only advice to give to a parent is don't listen to anyone around you. Just do what, do what you need to do for your family and, and with your situation. No one can take their, their scenario, their situation, and force it onto your situation. And I really think that there's a little bit of a parallel there with baseball players now. Um, you know, we didn't see a statement from Joe Ross, and honestly, I don't need to see one. Yeah. I really think that, you know, each one of these players, they're making this decision on what's best for them and for their families, um, you mentioned Zimmerman, a, a newborn with elderly parent. You know, like it, there's no. I don't feel like a place to judge these guys and the decisions they're making. Um, some would even argue that they shouldn't be put in this position where well, they have to make this um decision to opt in or opt out because it's maybe not safe as it is. Other people think that we can make it safe. So you know, I just don't think that as fans and, and critics it's really our place to judge each one of these guys. They don't like, they don't need to share a reason. They made the decision. It is their decision. It's their family, it's their health and it's not our business. Like, and I know that, you know, sports media and fans, we are in the business of just chirping whenever we can get a chance to get our opinions in. I mean, we do that all the time on the show. Um, But I really feel that these guys, you know, each one of them has a decision to do what's right for them and their families. And it's not in my best interest or really anyone's to question those decisions.
0: Think about the decisions, guys. You know they're making that decision not to play baseball this year. You know how hard that is. That's all family. That's all in your scenario. Everybody's got a different scenario right now. What's going on with with, with this whole ordeal? And, and you got to make those decisions on behalf of your family in the best interest of your family. You know whether it be your mom or a young kid you just had. You know whatever it might be, and I res- I respect that immensely. But you know, think about you know leak and in in uh Ross and and they're deciding to opt out and not play this season. Do you think that's easy? Hell no. That has got to be the hardest decision they've made, you know, maybe in their young careers. That's incredible that, that they would do that. You it, know, so you know, I got to I got to respect that very very much. That's not easy to do, gentlemen.
1: It's a great point. I mean, as you said, probably among the most difficult professional decisions either one of those guys will ever have to make. And the reality is it's a different situation for Ryan Zimmerman, uh, a long established star who's had the free agent contract and been in that place. He'll go into the nationals hall of fame, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like Mr. National for him. It's a very different situation legacy wise and financially than it is for a less established guy like Joe Ross and for Mike Leak, who's going to be a free agent at the end of this season. Um, obviously they're putting their health and their family uh, above everything else. And I don't know what else you could ask for, but man, like you said, had to be very, very difficult and uh, props to those guys for for showing the strength to be able to do so and there will be others I'm sure those were just the uh, the first three that we heard about Um, in a moment I want to get to on field again and some of the weird things that might be happening in the 60 game season Uh, but first uh, Luigi I certainly don't mean to make an example out of you but let's be very very clear here Uh, Luigi I don't think any fans are going to be tier one or tier two so, no, don't go near the players, please, for goodness sake. Uh, they're trying to keep everybody as healthy and safe and as uh, socially distanced as possible. Uh, so, quick answer to your question, no, I don't believe you'll be hanging out by the parking garage getting player autographs this year. Um, you know, I think it's really, really important that everybody keeps their distance. Again, unless you're Tier 1 or Tier 2, and, and Luigi, I see him around the ballpark every day, so maybe he is Tier 1. Maybe maybe Luigi um, is Tier 1. <laughs> well, if you're Tier 1, then you can get all the autographs you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, if you're not yeah. Tier 1 or Tier 2, stay away from my players, okay? i got, I got a feeling you're not going to get too
0: many autographs this year, gentlemen. No, it's it's, it's not going to be a
1: good year for autographs. You That's know. And, hey, he hey,
0: you don't, don't try to give me your baseball and get everybody to sign it. I'm not doing it. All right, so don't try that.
1: Right. Pull the Sharpie thing out with his now Hands <laughs> to a guy. <laughs> not, to, yeah. not this year, man. You'll have your opportunities, I promise. Yeah. Um, fun article from Mike Petriello of MLB. Uh, dot com And he is one of the absolute best uh, baseball analysts going these days. Um, I encourage everybody to check it out, but he just sort of talking about some of the weird things we may see this year in terms of stats and on the field, RJ, he laid it out as such for starting pitchers um, guys probably are going to get 12 starts thereabouts. Um, so do you have a guy go 10 and O in a full season? Do you have a guy go O and 10 in a full season as a starter, these kinds of things are very possible.
0: Yeah, and, they, and anything's possible in the shortener and the sprint that we're talking about, guys. And it's just uh, you know, hey, use it as a learning curve. You, you you go out there; that's what you have to do. Some guys are going to get hot. Some guys aren't. They're going to struggle. Uh, it's the nature of this game. It's a beast. It's it's hard, you know. And it's going to be really intriguing to watch watch the schedule as it falls out. And and, and really, and I look at it too as the level of competition day in and day out that you have. And I think that might be different from east coast to west coast, in my opinion. But I think the west coast and the in the Padres in their division, um, hey, you're going to earn those wins, guys. These are not going to be easy. And and number one, when you're only going three or four innings, it's going to be really hard to get wins. How do you go ten and zero?
2: I think it's going to be really cool to see both uh, Paddock and McKenzie Gore go twelve and zero this year, and then watch Justin here run the table full of it. I mean, it know. could totally happen.
1: The it's only true. problem with yeah. that is they're going to split the Cy Young votes, and then that'll let like some <laughs> you know just some slug like Scherzer win it or something like that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. some nobody like. And and, and 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 they're both
0: getting twelve starts. Amazing.
1: Another one. And you saw the graph on his tweet there, you know, talking about the NL has not outscored the AL collectively since the second year of the DH 1974. That's the last time that in a full season, the NL team scored more runs than the AL teams. Uh, and of course, everybody's got the DH this year, so it could be the season that has happened. Uh, he said another one. He goes, hey, we've seen the strikeout rate go up, up, up every single year, every single year for however many years. Maybe it ticks down this year, Brady, because pitchers won't be hitting in the National League.
2: Yeah, mm. I think it's a great point. Yeah. And I, great point. I think all of those are intertwined, right? It's a DH issue when it comes to obviously pitching around the eighth player to get to the pitcher in the ninth spot. Um, the the K rate, um, all that's the NL having a chance. It's like they just have a straight up to out uh, outsource it's the, uh, the AL because they're not dealing with a lame duck in one of the positions. So I I really think it, it'll be fun to watch it. I don't know, I, I can't wait for the strategy around it. It'll be it'll be super fun. I think we're just so giddy as a fan base to see anything that any little things that happen. I mean, there's going to be so many. This is the first time that fill in the blank, and it'll be a stat, and then we'll get tweeted out by ESPN stats, and we're all going to get all excited about it because baseball's here and. It's funny something to get fired up about, so I, I can't wait.
0: You know, guys. Once again, you know, and, and uh, if anybody knows, this, it's Jesse watching every single out of every single inning every year here. The past what eight, nine years, and ten years you've been with us, and you know, you just every night it's a different night when you come to the ballpark and you watch a baseball game. And yeah. these six, these sixty games are going to be you know, just as magical. And they might be a little bit more intense at certain points because of the short season. But, you know, you just never know what you're going to see every night at the ballpark. I mean, even I don't care if I'm watching it on TV. I'm not getting the most. I'm just looking forward to watching competitive baseball and watch these guys grind through it and and, uh, see what happens. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm looking forward to it.
1: One other fun one from Mike's article uh, about the possibility, and we've talked about this, of a guy jumping straight to the big leagues uh, after being drafted. Obviously, it's only happened a couple handful of times in in MLB history. Dave Winfield, the great example here in San Diego. Uh, The last guy, though, to go straight from the draft to the majors without playing a game in the minor leagues the guy. We just talked about Mike leak uh, who did it after coming out of Arizona state. So you, you'd see, I would guess at least one or two of those guys this year and it could end up being um, even more. One of the other big questions that we keep getting from fans, understandably would be where's the schedule. When are the Padres going to play? What's opening day, all that kind of stuff. Uh, really all we know right now is that we think there are going to be two games on July 23rd, probably an East coast game and a West Coast game, and then everybody else will open up on the 24th. Uh, Bob Nightingale of USA Today had some information on the schedule earlier today. Uh, Generally, he said probably about a week uh, until we get a look at that schedule, waiting until after players report to camps. And undergo their COVID testing. Uh, they'll also check with health and government officials on the status of each MLB city. Uh, first workouts, of course, are on Friday, and that, of course, brings back around Brady the point that we've made uh, tirelessly here, trying to be as as fair and reasonable and realistic about everything as possible. Like there are still quite a few hurdles to clear uh, between now and some, you know, like Yankees Dodgers doubleheader on July twenty third.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of hurdles. And I think that, you know, because we as fans are, you know, there's a little bit of blinders on about, you know, maybe some of the uh, COVID rates are going up as awareness comes down. And, you know, this could all go away before it even starts still. And I, I, you know, I don't even like saying that out loud, because it could, you know, speak it into reality. And, um, but hopefully, you know, people can MLB specifically can figure out a way to at least keep these players in a position where they can live their lives, um, play some ball and do it safely because there's a lot, man, there's a lot still going on and a lot of things that can get, I mean, even watching those clips from spring training, watching like Patino, a couple of players, you know, they throw a, they throw a pitch and then they immediately lick their fingers, you know? And like, there are just things we talked about spitting on the field and sunflower seeds and the culture of baseball and how some of these things just aren't going to go away uh, because of the coronavirus. And so, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of little idiosyncrasies that are going to have to be figured out. And I think, you know, we've said it a bunch of times on the show that as, as fans, we're, we're willing to put up with a lot of this weird just so we can watch some baseball if we can do it safely. So
0: What's wrong with licking oh. your fingers? What the hell's wrong with that?
2: They're your fingers,
0: for God's sake. They tell sake. you not
2: to touch your face. It's all of Give me a break, guys. Come on. Yeah, again. Randy, I'm sorry. I don't drink out of a fire hose, so it's hard for me to relate. Oh, to see,
0: see, you're making a lot of
2: mistakes, Brady. You need to come up here. I told you
1: that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. uh, speaking of schedule, by the way, there there is a rumor. And again, the expectation, obviously, is you'd have the big market teams uh, playing in that doubleheader, an East Coast game and a West Coast game. Uh, so the rumor that was going around was that early game, the East Coast game on the 23rd, would be Yankees-Nats in D.C., uh, defending champs, Scherzer lining up against Garrett Cole. Obviously, that would be pretty good made-for-TV pitching right there. Uh, the West Coast game, if you had to guess, somebody against the Dodgers. Could be the Padres, could be one of these other Western teams. But um, that would be that would be my uh, my prediction in terms of how that goes. Meanwhile, over in South Korea... Uh, They are in the midst of playing a full 144-game season. Uh, That country did a a good job, for the most part, corralling the coronavirus as much as possible. Obviously, a much smaller country, a much easier thing to do, uh, and a much smaller baseball league with a lot less travel. But uh, that brings us to today's KBO Sadness Report as we, oh, Gladness, I'm sorry, we check in on the KT Wiz who, took two out of three over the weekend from the Hanwha Eagles, who are the last place team. Uh, the Wiz will visit fourth place LG Twins for a three-game series beginning tonight. Our guys are now 21-26 and 26 on the season, four games out of the final playoff spot in the KBO. Uh, and perhaps most interestingly in terms of the news coming out of that league, uh, the Korean government said yesterday uh, perhaps we could see fans in the stands as quickly and as soon as this weekend, again, the health situation there wow. to say apples and oranges doesn't even begin to tell the story. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't say that there's any sort of carryover from that uh, to the possibility of having fans here. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the, the return towards normalcy, the march towards some sort of normalcy, uh, continues in the KBO. But Randy, the hat looks very good on you. I must say. Oh yeah,
0: I mean, right, Raleigh hat now, guys. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I mean what are we four or five games out of the wild card or whatever over there? Come on, boys,
2: get it together. Let's do it. You know. You look good in the hat, Randy. And I think <laughs> your pumpkin, Jesse, also looks good in the hat behind you. Uh yeah, I do think that having some fans in the in the in the stadium in Korea is when they started this league, I mean, we we talked about it on this show. I mean, we knew all eyes, Major League Baseball's eyes specifically, would be on the Korean league and, and to see how they did and how they progressed and what the precautions they took. I mean, all that, all that. And now that they're having some fans in the field, that'll be the first step in watching. And, and listen, 60 game season, probably not a lot is going to change from game one to game 60 and whatever they decide. I do hope one thing that carries over is uh, stuffed animals in, in the stands, <laughs> specifically behind home plate. I would love to see, I mean, a lot of, you know, I know they had a lot of Pokemon going on characters there. They had, I mean, I, I would love to see a lot of stuffed animals of uh, the chicken and the fryer and, you know, maybe get some mascot action back there. little, uh, not actual mascots, but like, you know, I'd like, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to
0: see about five or 6,000 people, though, with the big fro.
2: Oh, I would like that, too. You Just know. a whole bunch of 1976 Randy cutouts.
0: Yeah, I mean, even, even if not that, I don't, I don't care what they're cartoon characters. Put, put them all in a fro.
1: Sign <laughs> me okay. up. Put them in a way, <laughs> man. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll I'll get up there and put them in there. Yeah, like, like Section 102 at Petco is now just all Randy Jones lookalikes. I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, There's there me they up.
2: Are. Look at them. There's Olaf. I see yeah. Olaf. I see some. See? Funny. Give, fro- key, hey, key give key them key.
0: afros, and we, we got some talent, man. Look at that, that
2: would Olaf would look very good with an afro, actually. Yeah. I think you bring up a great look at that. Yeah, there you go. That would be even better is to have the old hat on with the fro coming out the sides. The big it's hair. Color,
0: uh, yeah, there you go. Beautiful. I like it's
1: beautiful. <laughs> That's a work hard, <laughs> man. Yep. I love All it. Right. Uh, let's do some on this date in baseball history. We got some fun ones uh, today. I'll begin with what I I think is the the least fun. And it was still cool on this date, 2019. That's a year ago today. uh, The Yankees and the Red Sox each scored six runs in the first inning uh, as they played in London, the very first MLB game to take place outside of North America, two game series. They each scored a million runs, had a million hits. Uh, The ballpark could not contain them. Um, Padres, of course, were supposed to play a two game set in Mexico city this May against the diamondbacks uh things are not as they once were in the world brady i'll put you on the spot i'll make you uh have to predict something all right when is the next time there is an mlb game at an international destination and i'm not counting toronto or anything like that
2: um wow okay i'm gonna say 2022 and the okay. only reason I'm not going with 2021 is because of the schedule makers. They're going to have to make the schedule for they really have. I feel like as a country before we really have a full grasp on the Corona situation. So I think because of the schedule making and the, and the nature of how much planning goes into doing a series in Mexico city or in London um, that's why I think it's going to be 2022. So I'm not being a pessimist that um, 2021 wouldn't be a safe possibility I just think that schedule making wise, it probably will get pushed back.
1: Logistics, that's my guess.
2: Know. Yeah, Randy, logistics. What do you, you think, Randy?
1: Game uh, and see the Padres involved anywhere on planet Earth. Forgetting travel logistics, and <laughs> like that. where would where would you like to go to, to see the Padres play?
0: Yeah, Petco. What What, what do you mean? What's that? What do Oh saying? my
1: gosh.
2: Come you don't want to go to the Coliseum in Rome? You don't want like, no. to? Hell no! I mean, you know. Uh,
0: Mexico City if you want to do that, you know, down south with our you know, with our, our fans and our fan base down south. You know, I don't think we need to go to Rome or we don't need to go to Czechoslovakia or Russia to, you know, play baseball. Hey, we're having enough trouble keeping everybody healthy. Hey, we can't even keep them healthy here. What the hell? We can't be traveling around. <laughs> I think you're right. 2020 2020, year, you know, Yeah, it's gonna be twenty yeah, we're gonna, twenty. It's gonna be twenty two before you're gonna go anywhere.
2: We're going to have a vaccine. Jesse was giving you a carte blanche dream scenario of anywhere you could travel, and all you could come up with was making fun of it and then Czechoslovakia and Russia. Yeah. Really?
1: Not a country, by the That's way. All you got and, you
0: I, and there's nowhere else I really want to go watch another game, all right? You know, it's, you know, it's, let's well. keep it simple. Boys. Hey,
1: Brandy, same question.
2: Yeah, Brandy, Brandy where do you want to no, go? Me? Well, if you would stop interrupting me, I would love mm-hmm. to see it on the battlefield in Sterling. Uh, in Scotland, where William Wallace uh, took on the English, so there—that's where I want to see it, Randy. How's
1: that? Scotland. Get around it in St. Andrews while we're there, RJ. Yeah, I was gonna say
0: I'm gonna play golf. I get over there. I mean, hell, you go watch baseball if you want. I'm gonna go play golf. I mean, I don't
2: uh, get that. I don't get it. I think I think there's enough room to catch a game. And also
1: <laughs> touch around. So, I, I said I think that Red Sox Yankee game, I think I said it was the first game outside of North America. That's not right because uh Dodgers had that opener when Kershaw heard his back in Australia. I guess it was the first in Europe, uh, first in Europe. But either way, uh Randy Jones, International Man of Mystery. Uh, on this date, also in 2019 at Randy's beloved Petco Park, uh ah, this this woo! sunset was just absolutely incredible. That's awesome.
2: Man, man, that and, and having And the right guy on the the mound. Yeah. The right guy on the mound. And Matt Thomas got some amazing uh photos of this night as we're seeing them being scrolled through. And I think one of the cool things, a little bit underrated things, is there we're playing the Cardinals who were in their powder blues. So there is something kind of special to see. You can see it there in the bottom right. Um, it was nice to have, at least if you're gonna have an opposing team in the photos, it can be a pretty classic, uh classic look that I'm kind of obsessed with. So Amazing photos. Um, I think that last photo on the screen you saw home run. I'm pretty sure that was Manny Machado. And uh, there's a boy Paddock running out with, uh, with the Cardinals running in. Pretty sweet. Pretty amazing shots.
1: Mm. Really, really cool. A beautiful night at Petco. And, uh, yeah, Manny had a big game against those Redbirds. All right. That was a pair of on this dates from 2019. We go back now in time a little bit further. And uh, in 1990, hadn't happened since 1917. Future Padre pitching coach, Dave Stewart, no-hitter in Toronto. About a half hour after this game ends, there was a game that began at Dodger Stadium against the Cardinals. And Fernando would throw a no-hitter of his own. Two no-hitters on the same day. Dave Stewart, Fernando Valenzuela had not happened since 1917. It happened on this date in 1990. I think we actually have the highlights, right, with the sound? 5-0
0: 5 nothing A's, swung on, high drive, center field, Dave Henderson signaling, it's fine, it's fine, it is, and it's a no hitter for Dave Stewart in the skyline this June 29, 1990, the fifth no hitter in the history of the Oakland Athletics, and it comes six years and nine months to the
1: day since the last one pitched by Mike Warren in 1983. My bad. Uh, it's a two future Padre coaches embracing on the middle of the diamond, Mark McGuire and Dave Stewart. Of course, neither guy knew in 1990 he was going to be a Padre coach, uh, but, or, but that's that's what happened. Yeah, and I I
2: when you say, and I know the baseball nerd in you, Jesse, you're right there with me, as soon as you brought up 1917, my first thought was Babe Ruth was still a pitcher uh, for the Sox in 1917. So I don't know who those pitchers were that on the same day threw no hitters in 1917, but it did make me wonder Babe Ruth, I don't know, Walter Johnson, or was he pitching then? I, you know, I don't know. All the it was 1970s. a long time
1: is your point.
2: It was a long time, but it also, like the greatest home run I mean, arguably one of the greatest home run hitters in history could have been a pitcher on that day who was throwing no hitters. So, yes, very long time, very cool, and uh, yeah, and Fernando too with a cool Ben Scully. Fernando ready
0: in the strike two pitch is hit back to the box, dribbling to second Samuel on the bag. Close to first double play. Fernando Valenzuela has pitched a no hitter at 1017 in the evening of June the 29th, 1990. If you have a sombrero, throw it to the sky.
1: It, in 29, 1990. We weren't lying. It was this date uh, in 1990, one of his most famous calls with the sombrero line for Fernando Valenzuela, Pedro Guerrero grounding into the uh, game. Former, ending double play. Dodger, I went back. Yeah. I watched the entire ninth inning this morning because that's the kind of person I am. Uh, <laughs> and I really McGee Walked directly before that to set up the double play. Uh-huh. It was like a six nothing game and they were not holding McGee on. So he ran on the first pitch. It was a foul ball and he ends up not running. And they're able to turn the double play. Now, did it
2: hit Fernando's mitt? It looked like it ricocheted off his mitt. Before I think it, it just got... missed.
1: I think oh, it just okay. missed. But yet, yeah, that, that was... that, RJ, that was not the most fully routine game-ending double play here. Oh. No. And,
0: and the one thing right there, him missing that, that ball, that ball hit really good right oh, up the middle. Oh, yeah, you're right. And it did ricochet off his leather. Yeah. But it but it goes right to the bag. I mean, you can't get any better than that. And that's what's that's the destiny of it, guys. That's what it takes to throw an old hitter sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, Those I mean, are that things probably you need to the see. shortstop. You know, and 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 I'm telling you, that's that's exactly, I guess, why the Potteries don't have one yet.
1: <laughs> oh, it. You go know, there you go, right you there. had to
0: go there. Yeah. I mean, do, you know, know. I'm just saying I had one, you know, the, I know, mine against St. Louis, the one hitter, that 10 inning one hitter, it was kind of the same ground ball, wouldn't even hit that hard, ticked off my glove, rolled about 12 feet, infield yeah. single. That was the only single I gave yeah. up the whole night. Oh, yeah. that's brutal! It is what it is. Hey, what it is man.
2: Fernando got the bounce. He got the hit off the yeah. leather right to the second baseman for the perfect. Well. I don't want you. Double play. I hope I don't sound bitter. No, no, not <laughs> oh, at all. I am bitter. I, I, want want over.
0: I can get over it. I still am. Oh, you know you uh, are better. forty-eight. Forty-eight years later, I'm still bitter, but oh, and you Sorry, should buddy. be.
1: Right, we got yeah. two more uh, on this date in 1985. This one is crazy to me, and and uh, I'll, I'll walk everybody to it. Um, It was a Tigers-Blue Jays game at Tigers Stadium. These are the top two teams in the AL East at that moment. This is 1985, June of 1985. Tigers beat the Blue Jays 8-0, 48,000 packed in on a Saturday night at Tigers Stadium. I'm sure it was electric, right? Uh, Eventual Padre, Walt Terrell, another guy. He had no idea he was going to be a Padre, but he would be. Walt Terrell threw a two-hit shutout for the Tigers. Here's the kicker. Neither team struck out in that game. This is June 29th, 1985. Tigers and Blue Jays. Neither team struck out in that game. That has not happened again since. Oh, my gosh, really? That's wild. That blew that's my a, mind when I saw that today. Yeah, they just and, had a whole bunch and, of Tony Gwynn's on the team. 35 years ago, the last time there was a game with no strikeouts.
2: Correct. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I, that, like I said, that would be like having just a ever, Tony Gwynn batting for both teams every time. And that's the scenario where you're like, okay, I can see maybe nobody striking out because they're all Tony Gwynn. But other than that, that's unbelievable. So nice work on him. It probably was those sweet pony kicks that he had on the mound. And I think that's probably really what, um, you know. <laughs> it, all, the, all the players were just mesmerized by it. Yeah, look at those things. That's, that's classic baseball right there. That's and that mustache job. looks like Tom Selleck throwing a pitch. He needs that's a Hawaiian great, shirt on. Man. I love it. It's pretty impressive. Great stat indeed. All right.
1: So that was this day, 1985. We saved the best for last, though, uh, because on this date in 1979, one of the, uh, I don't know, most famous moments in Padre history. Is that overstating it, Brady? No, not at all.
2: The rehatching. It's amazing. Oh, man. And I love seeing that even all these years later. It's like so fantastic to see. And I love how many look at all the photographers in media on that. Like they knew what a big deal this was going to be. And, you know, and it should have been a great deal. Greatest mascot in the history of sports mascots. And I believe that. I know you met the chicken at a very young age, Jess. So I would think that there's some – I know you weren't born when this rehatching happened. Um, <laughs> but but a few years later, I know you got to be in his presence. So chicken's the man. Um, I made a pancake of the old chicken, and it was one of my best ever. So I'm a huge fan and one of the greatest mascots ever. And there it is. There's the picture of little Jesse. And then who would have known that, you know, whatever, 30 years later, you would be in the booth with maybe the only mascot who could try to attempt to rival the chicken in greatness. The Philly fanatic would then try to attack you in the booth, Jess, which was one of my favorite moments watching you. (laughs) Bravo. Bravo to the chicken and the rehatching. Bravo to the fanatic. And bravo for you for, you know, hanging hanging with the great mascots for your literally your entire life
1: it's pretty cool right i just like that picture of me and the chicken is at a pittsfield cubs game uh in 1985 my mom sent it to me recently my grandma passed away and they found this picture at her house um and then you know i have a picture from last season with the chicken with ted uh oh yeah to the booth you know as part of the 50th anniversary celebration yeah. and and so like i mean we, was I, bill I buckner in the
2: background of that picture too
1: no, like, <laughs> there's me and, and Ted ah, and the chicken.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, what's
1: uh, 2019 minus 80, f- 34 years later? Yeah, and Ted still going. He, you know, the chicken has aged really well. He looks. Oh, you know, he looks dude. great. He looks
0: you know, great. Hey, all, all I can tell you guys, I'll guarantee you, that's not coke in that coke cup in front of the chicken. Oh. No chance, man.
1: Oh, really?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just why don't you to know that. He I was know. more into just water, is what That's you're just saying? A yeah, no. oh, it's a, a, it's yeah. a
0: beer. It's a beer if I, I'm telling you right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's That's so
2: oh, there, oh it there it is. There it is. I there is. There's you getting a face full of Philly Fanatic. <laughs> That's, That's so good. great. That's Look at your face. Yeah. You Come know, on, I'm, I'm a pretty, pretty good child Was that so cool, though? I mean, you know, it was weird.
1: I was picking green fur out of my teeth for, like, two days after that. <laughs> That's beautiful. I, I mean, I know, like, during COVID
2: times, like, the thought of this, like, you know, nasty, you know, mascot furball <laughs> stuffing is, you know, just making out with you is probably not ideal. But uh, for fans watching, pretty funny. Your reaction, pretty hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. The Fanatic is great. The chicken is still better, but the Fanatic I can tell
1: you. I can tell you yeah, exactly. I he, he, every,
0: everybody's Mrs. Sweetie sitting there kissing the, you know, the doll. Come on, man! He, what's he doing?
1: I don't know. I don't know what. I, I don't ever know that's what we're so doing It's so weird. I gotta tell you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was like, "Can you put Purell on your mouth?" Like that was my immediate thought <laughs> in that moment. And, I believe
2: uh, that is that uh, is that's, that's for you.
1: I will give credit. Two things. One, he was freshly dry cleaned. You could tell it was, which was good. That was nice. That was an important part of that not being the worst moment of my life. Um, But also he is so funny. Like he he does such a stellar job. I think we did it like two years in a row where I was working TV in Philly for whatever reason. And um, he came up and he had like the whole thing. And uh, I think Sweeney teed him up. He like showed him pictures of different things. And like he then reacted, so we showed him a picture of Bruce Bochy, and the fanatic did like this. He's got a huge head. He showed oh, him a yeah. picture of Mud, and and he started like eating. It was very funny. Like he's just, <laughs> I, I know we didn't, great, man. We didn't set great. up.
2: Uh, Cole won't have this, obviously, because we didn't tell him about it. But man, when when the fanatic uh, went after Tommy Lasorda, when sure. he had like that stuff yeah. Lasorda, and he yeah. was riding around on the you know the, the four wheeler. I mean, it was uh, that's some of the greatest, you know, footage of mascot. Because I mean, I think Lasorda was genuinely like, pissed at him there. He wasn't acting; there. <laughs> he was so mad. That's and great. oh man, it was just so so wonderful to watch the two of them go at it. So, Philly fanatics, pretty good, but Chicken is the is the OG. I'd
1: like to get fan. Lasorda uh the fanatic and bavacua in a room and just oh
0: no
2: oh, no no i, I, I,
1: I don't know <laughs>
0: what we're gonna do that scenario
2: i don't know that's scary that him. is heaven if you have oh, never i mean i i gotta feel like if you're hardcore enough to be watching this show as a fan you have <laughs> certainly heard the lasorda bavacua rant but if you haven't one explicit two no kids around but go listen to it right go google lasorda bavacua it is <laughs> I mean, it it is one of the most amazing rants in a history of rants. It's the best, man. It is
1: absolutely the best. It's pretty good. Uh, Good stuff. All right. Uh, That that pretty much does it, man. We've just been yakking here for a while. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, 7 o'clock tonight, Fox Sports San Diego uh, replaying a classic. This game is one we've referenced a lot in the last couple of months. Every time that conversation comes up about uh, which Padre could throw a no-hitter, Danelson Mm. lament. Flirted heavily uh, with the no-hitter last summer in Seattle. He was just absolutely electric this night against the Mariners. Um, Padres also did some yard work, uh, home runs from some of your favorite players. Uh, So that's the game coming up tonight. Uh, It was from last August in Seattle. But yeah, man, Denelson Lament was special. And Randy, when he's on, he's about as filthy as it comes.
0: I agree 100%. You know, he's, you know, like I'm I'm sitting here kind of thinking when you said that, but it seemed kind of like we got six or seven guys that had that capability now. But Lamette's one of those guys that has no hit stuff, you know. And then I'm not, I'm not just talking about every other start. I mean, every time he hits the mound, it, nothing would surprise me if this young man can do He's so talented.
2: I think he's going to actually throw 12 no hitters this year, Randy. So <laughs> we're, we're going to wipe that record out, no problem. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be easy. Just 12. I, Thanks for sharing, Brady. Thanks for sharing, Brady. <laughs> must be our hey. last. Sh- hey, Jesse, it must
0: be our last show with Brady making that comment right.
2: there. Oh, he yes, Yes, oh. nice work, Cole. Look at him. Tommy's so mad. He's got Tommy the to stuff. Tommy stop. Turn yeah. around. Oh, he's mad. <laughs> he's like, what, what are you gonna and do? What are you gonna do, big boy? Uh-oh. and then listen, the <laughs> I know it's so great. And then when this part right here, when he starts, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I thought of when you said he was doing the thing with Bochy's head was, and he, oh god, he's coming after me. And I love that Lasorda has no regard for the ATV, so he tackles <laughs> him. He takes his own stuff. He whacks him with. It's like it's so amazing. Oh my gosh, it's really good. Like at him. He's uh, genuinely. He's not thing, acting.
1: I promise you will not get to see any socially distanced MLB in twenty twenty. But somebody (laughs) threw a
2: baseball at him at the end too. That was (laughs) I forgot about that. That's good. Uh, Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really good. He needs to bring back that bit for every manager. It's really great. So good, right there. Love
1: mascots. Uh,
2: (laughs) Hey, Randy, you mentioned it. Uh, If by chance I said this last time too, this is the last show we do with the season coming back. Who knows? But if it is honor and a pleasure, love you guys. Thank you for having me.
0: Honored too. I love doing it, guys. I love, love love my game of baseball. And hey, let let's hope the next time we uh, we all get together, we're watching a game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That would be, that would be outstanding. Um, well, thank you both uh, for for all your contributions uh, this afternoon and beyond. Thanks to everybody for hanging out and watching. We will be back tomorrow though uh, at five thirty. Talk about the latest, uh, and then Wednesday, of course, a report day officially around Major League Baseball for summer camp as uh, we try and put a twenty twenty season out there. Guys, of course, have been working out at the ballpark for the last couple of months in a socially distanced kind of way. And uh, that, my friends, is that. Have a great night and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 530.